I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle skater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Good morning from the Trump Tater. I'm Dallin Johnson here with Jamie Renda. Well, Dallin, I heard you have some Trump Tater hot takes. I do. This is we're going to start this section off with the Trump Tater hot takes and the news of Trump today. Um, I just saw something that caught my eye last night in the the Fox News article. Um, it talked about uh, General Mattis or former Defense Secretary Mattis. Um, he has a quote that says, you know, Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people. Instead, he tries to divide us. That's pretty harsh. Um, but Trump, being in his all-wise state that he is, um, he had something pretty clever to say, and this is what I really like. He said, sometimes you have to break up the eggs to make an omelet. I love it. <laughs> you know, Trump's got the best sense of humor, yeah. and I just don't get how people don't see that. But also, Mad Dog Mattis. I look at all these generals that are coming out against him, and I think part of it is that there's a real hunger for war. There is. Among a lot of our military elite, yeah. and, uh, and Trump's not giving it to him. No, and, and I think that uh, his, his nomination of the Nobel Peace Prize now for 2021 is kind of, a, um, uh, I guess, a demonstration of he's moved on. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about this whole thing is in his uh, presidency, in his term, he has actually spent, I, th I think it's $2.5 trillion more dollars um, than the previous military budget. And because of that, we have a new military. You know, we have a mobilized military. We left um, the, the Middle East within a year after spending that money. Um, he, he actually said that we're going to be completely out of Iraq within, I think it was two weeks or so now. Maybe it's two months. I can't remember what it was. But um, it's because of that extra budget that we've given the military that supports peace. You know, it, it's not a wartime um, budget that he's trying to amp up and go to war. And I think that's what, what Mad Dog was, was uh, or I, I guess, expecting. Yeah. And then Trump pulled a quick one on him and said, you know what? What if we ramp up the military and then promote peace? That's a crazy idea. It is. And so he two different nominations, one for mm -hmm. the Serbia-Kosovo and the other one for Bar Bahrain. Is that how you say yeah, that? Yeah, Bahrain. Yeah, Bahrain and Israel. Yeah. And uh, somebody asked Trump, well, what do you expect to get out of this? And you know what his response was? What's that? Peace. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought that was brilliant on Trump's part, Ed, that he truly does want peace, not just only in America. So, so Mattis's comment was just totally incorrect. Trump yeah. does try to bring people together. It's the anti-Trumpers out there that have constantly been trying to divide our nation. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't hear the the Serbia one. The, I, I saw the Bahrain one, but I also saw. Uh, I think it was from Norway, a representative of, of the the um, prime minister or, or someone in his, in his cabinet or something. Um, it also nominated President Trump as well, um, and that's for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. And, and when they asked President Trump, um, here's the cool response: when they asked him, "How does that feel?" You know, or, or, or um, you know, what do you what do you what do you expect, like you said, from winning this award? He says, um, it's an honor for our country. You know, he didn't even, it wasn't even personal for him. It's not the, well, I've done this and I've done that, you know, that a lot of people like to say Trump makes it all about himself. He, he said it's, it shows that our country is moving forward. Um, in fact, his, his complete quote was, um, I just think it's a great thing for our country. It shows that we're trying to make peace and not war all the time. Exactly what we were just saying. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, or just a reminder what a Trump tater is. Yeah, tell us. And Trump means to outclass, outshine, outperform, to defeat someone or something. It's also a dependable and exemplary person. Is there a better definition for our president? I don't think so. Not that I can come up with. So, and a tater is a home run, so we definitely hit a home run with Trump, and we hope to hit that home run again this November and have four more years mm -hmm. of our great president. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, th I think we're heading in that way, honestly. Um, I, I, I believe if there was a more leveled look at, at the work that he's done rather than, uh, you know, we've had four years of centered around with everything that he's not done, according to, you know, the media that you watch. But I think if there was a more of an insight on the positive things that he's done, the state of our nation would be completely different. 
the, the, the mindset of our nation would be completely different. You know, I think that this November 3rd, we'd see more as a unifying date rather than a, <laughs> the it, end of the world. It certainly should be. One of the things on the left, that you have a terminology called by any means necessary. Mm. And they truly implement that. The, the, ca- the end justifies the means. And so we have seen four years of them exercising that belief system mm-hmm. and have done everything they can to destroy this president and to tear apart our nation. So a call of action for our listeners is that uh, you can be a Trump tater. You can do things in your life that outclass, outshine, and outperform others, and that we should rise above the fray, that we shouldn't be negative, and that we should be positive and keep a positive attitude, and we shouldn't respond in kind, uh, because I think that's what they're trying to do is provoke a response, and then all of a sudden, look at those Trump supporters. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, be a Trump-tater. Be dependable. Do things for your family. Be dependable as a family person. Be dependable as an, uh, an individual. And be a dependable person in your community. Yeah, I agree. And, and if it calls for it, break up some eggs to make your omelet, right? Exactly. Well, Dallin, you know I do my fair share of breaking up you some do. eggs. <laughs> you do. You're the queen of that. And uh, some people are like, well, what are you doing? I thought, you know, we have to, we have to create something to create dialogue to find out, you know, how far apart are we and how we can come together. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting to point out, though, the way that you, you break those eggs is, is, isn't by, you know, any extreme measure. Most of the time, it's as simple as a banner that goes over your store coupled with a picture of a black person. And all of a sudden, you know, it ruffles enough feathers or breaks enough eggs that there's an uprising and uproar against you. (laughs) On both sides. On both sides. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, it's those extreme elements on both sides. So as we go into this next segment, uh, we're going to be talking about some of our local politics and uh, what we can do locally to get good leaders in office and also what we can do locally to break a few eggs and uh, and hopefully create a better omelet in the future, but to make people aware that they do have choices and not to get, uh, and, and that they need to be educated and informed and not to take the, your, um, your priv- privilege of voting for granted. I mean, actually do your homework, study the issues, study the candidates. And mm-hmm. uh, even if you don't vote for the candidate, I'm going to recommend but at least vote because you're informed. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, you know, just from a personal uh, history, I watched my wife uh, go through her own breaking of eggs where she had to, in order for herself to feel like she was well-informed, she had to break some of the eggs and let her ego down just to read news about Trump or to look into news that wasn't completely, you know, one narrative about uh, the man. So... Um, but when you come out of that, you know, you come out with something much, much more beautiful and tastier and, and that omelet looks delicious because you have the complete truth rather than, you know, one side breaking or, or one side shoving the, the eggs down your throat. So Dallin and I were at this unity rally on Saturday and I get this phone call and I'm having a hard time hearing this, but a young girl, I can tell by her voice, her name's Bailey. I don't know her last name, but hopefully we're going to get together this week. But Bailey calls me and she says, are you the one that put that Trump t- sign up? And I said, yes, I am very proudly well i'm never coming to your restaurant Mm. i thought well you probably haven't been there before so yeah (laughs) but uh anyway i decided i'd listen to her out i was having a hard time hearing her i said can i call you back after so i called her back and uh, she was very pleasant you know she you know why would you put that sign up he's a horrible person this 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 i said why don't we talk in person so we set it up we're going to talk in person and uh, i think that's what we need to do a lot more of i mean over the phone and social media uh you can be a lot more unkind you can and, meet at your uh, restaurant yeah we're going to meet at the restaurant mm-hmm. and i try to offer this to anyone that i'm, I'm at an impasse with mm-hmm. is let's meet in person and uh so another call of action try to try to sit down and have civil conversations with people you disagree with and listen to them on the reasonings on why they support and you don't always have to be a winner in the conversation just yeah just listen, and hopefully we'll build some bridges. Yeah, and that's one of the goals that we want to have with the Trump Tater is to do that on a local level. Uh, one of the, the things that we're going to push towards is being able to bring local candidates on um, and, and break those eggs, you know, get down to the, the substance of why they believe in what they believe, why they're for what they're for, you know, what their policy stances are, who, who they're supporting and backing in, in, in a national office. Um, all those are important just so we can better understand each other. And that's the, kind of the goal that we want to have is to have a section that's dedicated to 
um, the local happenings, the local candidates, the local people. And from there, we can kind of build an understanding of, of how to get along and better understand each other. Exactly. And these, these candidates that put themselves out there, they spend a lot of money, time and effort, drag their kids to all these long days uh, on the campaign trail. Uh, so they deserve, you know, a couple of hours of your time. You're really looking into it, see what they have to say and what their value system is. And uh, so, again, be, a, be an informed voter, uh, regardless of who you vote for, at least be an informed voter and, uh, and listen to all sides. Yeah. Well, that's the Trump Tater Hot Takes for today. When we get back with this break, we'll, we'll touch on some uh, uh, Atlantic issues. We're going to touch on some movie issues and uh, more coming up on the Trump Tater. of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis, he was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking, and he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that at the end was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner and he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. Wade Alaroot for Cornerstone Asset Metals. In the last six months, trillions of dollars have been printed out of thin air, drastically diluting your buying power and future standard of living. Today, you have only one choice. Protect and preserve your future savings and standard of living. Protect your retirement. Protect your children's future. How do you do that? With precious metals. Back in 1970, a paper dollar and a silver dollar were equal in value. Today, your paper dollar buys less than half a gallon of gas, while a silver dollar buys over 10 gallons. More proof positive that gold and silver protect your wealth and future buying power. Take advantage today. Roll over a portion of your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA. Only for Wayne Alleroot listeners, Cornerstone will waive all transfer costs up to $1,000 value. So you'll open a precious metals retirement account for no cost. No one else in America is offering this deal. Don't delay. Protect your wealth now. To register for more information, call 888-8-GOLD-NOW. 888-8-GOLD-NOW. Or go to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. We're going to talk a little local politics. Not much, but just a little bit. Uh, many of you may or may not know. If you get my Trump Tater newsletter, you probably do know. So if you're interested in subscribing to the Trump Tater newsletter, uh, send an email to trumptater at gmail.com with your email on it, and we'll get you on the Trump Tater newsletter. Yeah. So for the past couple of months until I had my great disappointment, I was pushing for a John Huntsman write-in. Now, I was a Greg Hughes supporter during the uh, governor election. Mm -hmm. I also liked John Huntsman, but uh, after uh, 
this quirky as heck primaries that we had uh, where we had four candidates and where, the person who ended up winning, Spencer Cox, won with 35% of the vote. Um, so basically he's going to be the next governor with uh, 185,000 votes out of 1.5 million votes. Right. And uh, so anyway, I wanted a write-in candidate because Spencer Governor is an anti-Trumper. Yeah. What does that do for our state? We already have one in Mitt Romney, don't we? Yeah. You know, I'm going to nickname uh, Spencer Cox Mini Mitt. Mini Mitt. He is a Mini Mitt. And uh, so, but, you know, somehow that didn't get out there during the campaign, yeah. all the horrible anti-Trump tweets. And he has the audacity to put himself kind of up on this pedestal about how much better he is than Trump. And his tweets were actually mean. Trump's are funny. There was nothing funny about Spencer Cox's tweets about our president. And uh, so anyway, that was just one aspect. He's also, you know, take away freedoms, shut down churches, mandated masks. I mean, the list goes on on this little authoritarian that we're about to have in office. So my goal through the Trump Tater and the Trump Tater newsletter, or our goal, is that Spencer Cox win by a very small margin. We don't want Peterson. We're going to be up front with that. Yeah. We're not Peterson fans, but we do not want Spencer Cox to win by mandate. So how do we stop that? Yeah, we can't give him the satisfaction of living in, or winning in a landslide vote. Yeah. Right? So we want people to go out and vote for Trump, but don't feel you have to vote for a governor. Mm-hmm. And if you do have to vote for a governor, uh, look at all the other governor choices that are out there. And so we're going to be highlighting uh, one a week for the next few weeks of the other choices you have. If you feel like you have to mark a box, then we're going to give you some choices to mark. Yeah, go over some policies, some uh, themes, some opinions that they have. That way you can better know the candidates and, and know them on a local level as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we acknowledge we're not in denial. Spencer Cox is probably going to be our governor, but uh, let's not have him a governor with a mandate and a governor that's going to make a second and third term out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So speaking of politics, Dallin, what would be your prediction of this upcoming election? On a national level? On a national level. Um, Well, it's intricate. (laughs) I'll (laughs) I'll give you the full prediction. You ready? I'm ready. I, I think Biden will keep leading in the polls. Um, all the way until the election. Wait, I'm going to interject there. Yeah. Because I'm asking you Tell for me. your prediction. I believe that the way they're wording the polls and who the number of Democrats that they're polling versus Republicans and where they're doing these polls are intended to show Biden in a lead. Yeah. And that and that it goes into my prediction. I think that they intend to do it that way. So, um, well, let me get further because I think there's a few other things that you're going to see happening. Um, and one of those is, is the leftist media will make sure they report it that way. You know, that Biden is leading. Um, They can't have it out that we need more support. We need more voters. Um, I'm going to interject one more time. Sorry. So if you want to place a bet, Mm -hmm. go to Las Vegas now while the odds are high and it shows Biden winning. Yeah. Because there was two to one for a while and then it went to 1.5, 1.25. But now I think it's gone back up. Yeah. And uh, so it's good while Biden's high in the polls, if you're going to bet on this election, not that I'm encouraging people to wager, but. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, when in Vegas, Trump was just in Vegas. We should have talked about that. They had a great outturn for that. They did. It was a fantastic uh, response. And and I love all the I love all the concern of these liberals concern for us Republican Trump supporters at that rally with no mask on. Yeah. They really are concerned about our health, especially the health of the elderly people there. So. It, it, see, they weren't doing it right. You have to go out at night, and you have to have fire with you. If, if you do that, the mask is optional. Yes. You know? <laughs> so anyway, I'm not yeah, too okay, so Keep going. Let's, okay, so the media is going to do a real good job at showing that Biden's leading in the, predict, in the uh, election or in the polls. Um, they're also going to do a, a great job at downplaying the violence and the chaos and the protests that are going on right now, making it seem almost as if it's the right-wing extremists that are responsible for it. Um, even though you have, you know, elected officials like Kamala Harris encouraging it and encouraging to bail each other out of jail, um, none of that matters. You know, the left is going to do a real good job at saying, look, the violence isn't there. These are peaceful protests or mostly peaceful protests. Um, so uh, that, that's what you're going to get from them. Um, no, no mentions of Antifa or, or BLM. 
Um, it, it's all caused by right-wing extremists. Um, you'll also see false reports about President Trump coming out, like he's going to want to uh, push for a third election or a third term. Well, it, you know, he, he loves getting people's goats. Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's breaking he some kinda, eggs, he, right? He kind of, yeah, he cracks <laughs> a few eggs and gets people upset. So he, he makes a few suggestions like that. But he has no intention I, of I running know. for a third term. I know. And so, and, and it's obvious, it, it, we talked about doing the research, you know, if you look into the sources that are reporting this, you got to follow the track record, you know? You get multiple reports that have either didn't come to pass like they predicted or not true or found out later that it wasn't true and there was no um, accountability for these people. You know, we didn't hold the, the media accountable for it or, or correcting the narrative that they put out originally. Um, so that's you got to do your research. Um, I, I, my, my guess is you're going to hear about all of these uh, talking about credible sources, you're going to hear about these from maybe someone that works for the Atlantic that's been holding Obama's pocket since he was put in office. His last name might be Goldberg. They're going to be the ones that are writing these type of articles, I feel like. Um, so after weeks of this, Donald Trump will win the election, okay? And the left will lose its mind, their minds, excuse me. They will go crazy. Uh, you'll You'll have some middle-aged white lady that looks like she could be on a, a teenager on the Goonies out in the middle of the street yelling, no, an immediate chance of not my president will come out and it's illegitimate. Uh, CNN will say there's collusion. Um, like I said, the left will just lose its mind. Um, it'll be chaos. Um, when, I, but could we have any better visual image after the election than the pussycat hats <laughs> and the women pulling up their dresses and yelling Profanities from their vaginal parts. I right. mean, <laughs> right. that's the kind of crazy stuff you get on the left. So, I, if if they can top 2016, they will. It's going to be entertainment. This, that goes into my prediction. I think that they will top 2016, um, and here's why. So, you're going to get claims to abolish the electoral college if Trump wins. Um, you're going to get wall-to-wall media coverage of everything that went wrong in this election, mass unrest in the streets and in the media. Um, you're going to get death threats, again, to GOP elected officials. Um, the last time it happened in February 2017, months after Trump won, all of a sudden death threats to officials. So, so to think that that's not going to happen again is crazy. Um, you're going to get continued, and I think that's the key word here, continued violence um, and anarchy in our cities. It, it, that's, this isn't going to be a new thing. This isn't going to be a result of Trump losing. It's happening right now, and it's happening by the same people that will continue it. Um, the reason I think all this is that the left never accepted Trump's win over Hillary four years ago. Um, we have the last four years have been obvious of that. You know, we have had four years of pettiness. We've had four years of um, the inability to accept defeat. Um, and, and I think the trouble to accept the defeat comes because of the interior corruption that they had and didn't address. Um, so. As a result of all this, absolutely nobody in the leftist media or any predominant you know, Democratic elected officials will denounce the chaos or violence that follows. They won't. They, you won't hear it um, because it won't be reported that way and it won't fit the narrative that they want to push. You'll instead hear that all, that Trump, all of that built-up Trump anger over the past four years explode. And, and you'll hear about the collusion again. You'll hear um, the anger come out of their mouths. You'll, they'll create more division. They'll impede on more freedoms. And then they'll blame it all on Trump again. That's exactly. my prediction. No, I think it's a great prediction. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an article in The Atlantic, not, not from Goldberg, but from John Sexton on a prediction he has. And I think it's almost like extortion. If you vote for Trump, expect mass chaos. Expect yeah. riding in your streets. Expect your local stores to be burned down, etc. That there will be chaos. So we'll talk about that and a prediction from the left, and also some words from a, one of Trump's administrators when we get back on the Trump Tater. Radio News with Chris Barnes. 
The death toll from Western wildfires is nearing 40, with most of those deaths in California. But eight people are dead and dozens are missing in Oregon as well. Officials there say 50 people are unaccounted for, 22 of them confirmed as missing. President Trump viewed some of the fire devastation in California yesterday and called for better forest management to reduce the risk of fires. Hurricane Sally heading towards landfall on the Gulf Coast, although it's weakened from a Category 2 storm to a Cat 1, but still, millions are at risk from storm surge and flooding. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards. I submitted a request for a pre-landfall emergency declaration to the White House. Uh, That declaration has been signed by the President. Forecasters say some parts of the Gulf Coast could get 20 to even 30 inches of rain from the storm. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has extended their special offer and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Simply apply by September 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs and it's Worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A marina packed in Harrison Township, Michigan, last night for a re-election rally for President Trump, where his son Donald Jr. addressed the crowd, and Kid Rock performed. A Trump supporter, Tom Kennedy, was there. I could actually sit down with Donald Trump today and have a beer, and he wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable. A federal judge ends protections for some foreigners who've been legally working in the U.S. Here's USA Radio's John Hunt. A U.S. appeals court decided President Donald Trump can phase out protections for hundreds of thousands of families that have been living and working legally in the United States for many decades. The two-to-one ruling by the California-based Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals lifted a block of Trump's ending of the temporary protected status for more than 300,000 individuals. The administration could expel from the country people from Sudan, Nicaragua, and Haiti as early as March 2021, and El Salvadorians by November of 2021. USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. Alan, on your prediction, I'm going to get into this story in the Atlantic with John Sexton. Mm-hmm. He basically is saying that if Trump is elected, we can and should expect mass, unre- mass unrest. Mm. And uh, in some ways, I see that as really extortion, mm-hmm. uh, that if you don't vote for Biden, uh, expect four more years of hell. And... Uh, And then he goes on to explain why, and he talks about, you know, the results of 2016 and the chaos that has brought on. And and one of the things he said that I found really interesting, um, let me see if I can, okay, there's a certain kind of cognitive dissonance, man, I can't talk today, uh, uh, dissonance, the gap between what is and what should be. So, I mean, that's his mind frame, what is and what should be, you know, what should be to who, what should be to the readers of the Atlantic, what should be to the Democratic Party. Uh, So when the what should be doesn't happen, or in their mind, what should be doesn't happen, can fuel a revolutionary sentiment and not just in a fluffy, radical, chick kind of way. In such situations, acting outside of the political process, including through non-peaceful means, becomes more attractive, not necessarily out of hope, but out of despair. Mm. So this gap between what he considers what will happen or versus what should have happened. I mean, and uh, so anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that's it's kind of obvious on, on you know, on a smaller level of what's going on. Um, I look at the George Floyd or Jacob Blake cases. I think with the unrest and, and um, revolution uprising that we've seen from this, is from that mindset that these police officers handled it one way and they should have handled it another way. Um, 
Now, whether they're correct or not, that's completely aside my point. I, I'm just trying to, I, I, I believe that this John Sexton is, is right. I, I, I really do think that the way that the leftist media narrates what should be fuels the revolutionary genes that you know get these teenagers and, and college kids out into the street and there, there's some older people but i think the 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 stronghold that they have is on the college kid age and and you get them all riled up because things aren't happening the way they should be and it's on our generation to make sure we change that and so what is it what do we have to do if we don't have hope and there's no goodness we're going to act out of despair and we're going to take what's ours well, you know, one of my passions and has been for years is outreach to the black yeah. black American community. And uh, it's more important than ever right now that we really reach out in commercials um, to, to let black Americans know, please join us on, in November to reelect President Trump. Because I really believe if we bridge that gap, this 10 percent Republican, 90 percent Democrat, and we make it more of a 40 60 or 50 50 would be beautiful mm-hmm. that uh, the media won't be able to divide us on race uh, politically mm-hmm. if we can make that happen so that's really I've been preaching this for a long time Dallin and it's kind of fallen on deaf ears but it was starting to progress and um, and blacks were uh, answering the call and there's more and more black conservatives now that are openly uh, challenging the narrative of the Democrats and uh, and that was about, I mean, I really feel the momentum was there, and then these riots broke out. And so I'm hoping that American, black Americans throughout the United States will look at, and that they're truly the answer to maybe preventing some of this chaos mm-hmm. and uh, neutralizing and us finding real solutions to some of the despair in these communities. Yeah, in a way, I, I honestly think the unrest has opened some people's eyes. You know, yeah. it, it's... If, if you have love for a community, you know, you take a, a for example, you, you look at Kenosha, you know, and the black business owners that suffered by losing their means of, of survival. You know, yeah. they lost their store. They lost their the ability to provide for their family. And at what cost? You know, yeah. I, I feel like if you ask them now, they might say they're more oppressed now than they were, you know, 10 days before the riots happened. And, you know, this naivety that somehow the insurance is going to pay for all that. Yeah. Insurance might cover the rebuilding of individual of, businesses. Of maybe. The businesses. It's not going to it's not going to pay the person for the time no. that they're out of service or or restock and rebuild their uh, goodwill that they had. I mean, there's a lot of things that insurance doesn't pay for, and there's sometimes in writing insurance doesn't pay at all. I want to go on to another comment that was made by one of Trump's... Um, ah, a second. So if you, you go ahead and say something while I'm looking for this comment. Well, I, I think it's interesting. That article, um, the same one you were just talking about with John Sexton, he, he actually believes and makes a prediction at the end of his article that the gap that we're experiencing right now um, will grow larger under a Trump presidency than under a Biden one. Um, and I want to point out, I don't think that's because of um, because the majority feels cheated. I think that's because the minority feels that they're oppressed and they have to act out and they do that through a violent mean. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I, I feel like he might be right. You know, we might have more unrest if Trump is elected president, but it's it's not because the silent majority believes that he's not the man for the job. It's that the minority is getting this uh, brainwashed information coming through the media saying the numbers were there. Biden should have won. Trump should have. Che- Trump Trump must have cheated. You know this yeah. election. And, and and they instigate it like that. So uh, um, just to close on that. Anyways, go ahead with your Well, your I, I actually yeah. found another one. Greg Gutfeld. Do you ever listen to Greg? I don't. He's supposedly a comedian. <laughs> I like Greg okay. But you can't I, I don't tell know, I don't always find him so funny. And th- this certainly isn't a joke. So he says, we now know that there is a plan to start burning our homes, going into our communities. They're telling us that. So what do we do? If we fight back, we're called vigilantes. And that's illegal. It's the perfect recipe for war. No mayors, no leaders, no protection. What do we do? Mm. And, uh, and then uh, Trump's uh, head of the um, Health and Human Services uh, talked about how even the area that he's over, he's seeing sedition. He's seeing these government employees that were not elected are deciding 
kind of giving the president the middle finger on his executive orders and things he's directing in his administration. And this is not just happening at the CDC level, but throughout multiple uh, federal government entities. And Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, he goes on to talk about, um, let me find here. That if it, uh, on the, in inauguration day, if President Trump refuses to stand down, according, oh man, I got to start up ahead. Sorry about that. Uh, scientists at the Center, Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention of Sedition for their responses to the coronavirus pandemic have warned people to buy guns and ammo because an insurrection led by Democrats could start on inauguration day if President Trump refuses to stand down. Uh, so, and he goes on to talk about the hate and the threats and the violence against him and his family uh, since he's taken this position. And wow. it's, you know, we're not going to have good leaders, people who want to stand up and fight if, you know, if their families are going to be put on the yeah, line. Yeah, for fear-mongering and, them. Yeah. Exactly. So we have now this article from The Atlantic, the left, and we have concern from people on the right. And I think there's almost a desire to provoke uh, this this rebellion or reaction from the right. And so you have these extreme right groups coming back, and then they're going to be able to point to that and say, look at these far right groups and the chaos and the, mm-hmm. everything that they're doing. And uh, so, so I would just encourage again that we need to keep our tempers down and not react, not be reactionary. And, uh, and again, outclass, outshine. Uh, the people trying to provoke us, and I think we can win win this battle with uh, persuasion and with love and with persistence and just out to the the voting booth and even uh, after the election if there 's chaos again we just got to have a lot of love in our hearts and uh, and not be provoked. What is your thought Dylan you know i, I there haven 't been many times i 've I've been extremely anger, angry with myself or, or in general where I, I couldn't control my – I didn't have self-control. Uh, maybe the Yankees losing the World Series or finding out Houston Astros cheated was, was a good one. But, you know, I was pretty upset about that. But I never got to the point where I felt like I wanted to go smash a business window or tear up my city. Um, and I think that um, fighting – the hatred and the negativity that we, we experience daily has to be centered around peace. If we go back to um, President Trump's Nobel Peace Prize, you know, the, the peace that we're experiencing is an honor for our country, or should be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we should look at it. And so why not starting in our own local communities, um, finding a way that we can peacefully understand each other, um, solve the hate, um, rather than rather than fighting hate with hate, it has to come, like you said, from a place of love and peace. Exactly. Well, back on the Trump Tater in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about a Netflix special that's Ooh. out right now. And this is a passion for Dallin, so we look we look forward to engaging a little bit more on this and wanting to know if our audience and encourage our audience to action on this um, on what you're going to do with your Netflix subscription. Absolutely. We'll be back with the Trump Tater. About to hear a commercial for a very unique mortgage team that has a very specific advantage that could save your family monthly and lifelong money. Two things you should know. One, we were started by a dad and his son and his wife and his sister-in-law, and we've grown to be a faith-focused mortgage team that's helping families across the U.S. We're faith and family at our core, and we don't hide it. Two, we've still stayed fairly small, on purpose. We're only about a couple dozen people, a makeup that we believe lets us truly know every person that calls. But we also have a big advantage. Our company is a direct lender which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, a reality that often allows us to get you a better rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. 
Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. I'm Dallin Johnson here with Jamie Randa. Uh, we got a, a good section for you coming up, and if it doesn't ruffle your feathers, you, something wrong with you, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so viewers are continuing to, to mount this cancel Netflix campaign, right? After uh, the controversial film Cuties dropped last Wednesday. What are your thoughts on that, Jamie? Well, you know, Dallin, when you brought it up, I thought initially, you know, before I get, I'd seen the reports and everything else, and I definitely thought it was a disgusting movie. But I thought, you know, I better watch it before I give an, a, a, a full opinion on it. Uh, but then last night, somebody posted three or four little segments online. And I thought, oh, my gosh, there's no way I can watch it. That's enough for you not to watch <laughs> it. Was, it was enough. And the reason I say this is because we, my business location, by the way, Brixton's Baked Potato mm-hmm. in downtown Ogden. And, and for those of you who don't know, Dallin's with Saturn Barter. Um, anyway, we're down the street from a convention center where we have a lot of dance competitions. And for the most part, very professional, everything else. But there's been a time or two that some of the uh, costumes that these young girls wear, like, oh, but I really want my daughter dancing in that. But, so I thought that was going to be kind of where it was at, kind of with the more risque side of some of the dance competitions. But no, nothing like that at all. No. They sexualized, you know, preteen girls, which is not... 11, yeah, 11-year-olds, 12 And and so, you know, I I could, once I get going on this, I might not stop. I might just even go into the next segment, you know, but... Well, this is the last segment, so... (laughs) Hopefully it's... Keep on the same channel then. I'll just be talking all day. But I've got an 11-year-old daughter, and so it, it hits home for me because I can associate her, her at these girls' age... And um, I don't even know how I would react to one if that was her life or, or, or to normalize that at her age, I guess. Or two, if she was one of the girls in the film. You know, I, mm. I think of the parents that allow their daughters. And, and here's the disgusting part, okay? I, I saw the producer say he or she had to sit through, um, I think it was a he and she, the director and the producer. They had to sit through 650 audition tapes of 11-year-old girls twerking and dancing and said oh. it was a rough day. It was a rough day? Yeah. Why? You don't do that. Any other person that does that on their home computer is convicted of child pornography. Yep. But here we normalize it to how many millions of viewers? It's disgusting. It's it's bad. So, I mean, especially in the context of what's going on in our world now with Jeffrey Epstein, the knowledge of 
the sexualization of these young girls on Epstein Island, the possible people that were involved in that, that were all yeah. upper-level university professors, politicians, business people, that somehow were not getting the information of who all these people were. Yeah. So there's definitely a systematic problem with pedophilia in our country at a very high level. And then you have right now with um, the... Child trafficking. Child trafficking for sexual export, uh, uh, export. exploitation. Yes, yeah. exploitation. Um, so you have all that going on. And then so just the timing of it, I find yeah. like why with all this going on would they do this? And I think part of it's the normalization of sexual activity for young people. You see it, the education system in California is introducing mutual masturbation for third graders. Yeah. And uh, so the sexualization of kids, there was a little doll made by Mattel that had a, a little part, uh, you know, between her legs. It didn't even show other things, but you rubbed it and it make the little girl laugh. I mean... So there's all these things that are trying to sexualize and help young kids understand how to make their body feel good as if this is normal activity. You know, and, and to a degree, I, um, <clears throat> I, I guess why I have a hard time with it is if they would have made this film and, and like you said, normalized it to young girls in a way, that would be an argument. But it's rated mature, and it is directed for an adult audience. Yeah. That is the part that really concerns me. And so you made a good point that it comes at an odd time, you know? Yeah. It comes at a time where we are dealing with the aftermath of Jeffrey and Epstein and, um, you know, all of the associates that have the flight logs and trips down to the island and everything like that. And so while that's in, in the forefront or in the back of our minds, whatever it is, you know, depending on you, um, you also have the, the California SB 40, 145 bill that just passed, and, and it was advertised wrong on social media that it Im immediately gave immunity to these sexual predators. You know, if I had a 22 year old and my, or if I was a 22 year old and, and, um, you know, assaulted a, a 13 year old, I'd be safe. That's, that's false. It's actually, you know, if, if they're younger than 14, it's still considered sexual assault and, and they go to jail. So, um, but th all of these bills, all of these happenings, the film, all of the timing is not coincidence. It's it's trying to rationalize and normalize pedophilia as a sexual gender or or orientation or whatever you want to say, um, and so when these high profile cases come out, we're not out to get them. We we, we feel compassionate for them. We we feel sorry that that um, what's his name Tom Hanks is living in Greece and had to become a Greek citizen. You know, because they don't extradite on on pedophilia charges. You know, all these different things. You know, that add into the conspiracy of is this where we're going? You know, and so I guess my response would be: I want Netflix to to release a statement. I want Netflix to to say what their intentions were with this film. I, I don't know if they can say something. I think the film itself says what their intentions were, the audience it was marketed to. And uh, so I, I don't think so, there's any justification. There's not. There's not. That they can come up with right now. I, I, I Coupled with that, you know, there may not be an explanation that they have or, or one that even works, you know, because of the, the, the content of the film and everything. But just last week brian stetler on on cnn had uh the ceo or co-ceo of i i think of um netflix reed hastings on the show okay so a whole show about i think it was just promoting reed's book okay and in august is when netflix released the poster for this cuties show and it received backlash and so they ended up changing the poster and netflix said sorry we didn't mean to um, you know, advertise it as such. You know, that's not what the film is about. It, it, you're right. It's way worse. Um, <laughs> but Brian Stetler had a chance. He had all of this criticism was out there. He had a chance to say, Reed, what's Netflix doing? Tell me why this works. Tell me what, what we're doing here. He didn't. You know, what does that say? What is that? It wasn't on the agenda. It's protecting someone or protecting themselves, whatever you want to say it is. It's, it's, well, Dallin, it's something a lot of people don't understand, the consent, you know, oftentimes we, we hear a lot about sexual abuse of young women. In recent years, we're starting to get more of a story of sexual abuse of young men. And sexual abuse of young men is serious. Mm -hmm. 
and, and it's not talked about too often, but through the Boy Scout and through some church uh, groups, we're talking about more the sexual abuse of young men. But most European countries, do you know what the consent for sexual relationships is for young boys? At the age? Yeah. The age? What is it? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that says a lot, and I, I, and I think there's an effort um, to bring that uh, consent down in, within the United States. In Canada, I think it's 14 uh, for sexual consent, and, and that's with an adult, too. And uh, so there's a lot of things out there that we have to be uh, leery of and realize that uh, we have to be on guard in our country and not let this just kind of edge us out, you know, you know, a little, uh, a little here, a little there to make us numb to the effects of some of the things um, that are taking place in our country that we definitely need to be more openly probably, you know, within the LDS community here in Utah, there's probably not enough healthy discussion about sex. And so healthy discussion about sex, I think is important. Um, I don't think it depict, you have to depict visual imagery of 11-year-old girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So I, I'm all for healthier discussion and because sex definitely isn't a bad thing. It's, it's beautiful, and it shouldn't be one of those taboo subjects. But on the other hand, the sexual, uh, sexualization of young children, uh, both through exposing them to perhaps different lifestyles at a young age, um, other things. So we've just got to be mindful of that. I'm going to let you close on this because this is something you're passionate about. Yeah, this is. And so um, my recommendation um, is is don't support the platforms that make these uh, films or, or this kind of information um, accessible. And so, you know, I've decided to, to let go of Netflix and to kind of give up that chapter. And I'm going to have to look for a different entertainment, uh, late night entertainment uh activity with my wife you know pastime whatever but my suggestion is go to change.org look up cuties if you keyword cuties um, they have a petition on there that has 658,000 people signed so far they need a million signatures to cancel that show on Netflix and that's what their goal is so if you have time that's my call to action is get out there and support something Okay, well, thank you. This has been another uh, edition of the Trump Tater Podcast. Remember, be a tater and not a hater. 